Hello and welcome back to Ceremony Getter, episode nine. It is flying along and we're getting ever closer to the festival. We are missing one of our regulars. Jerry McGrath is on holiday, so no doubt he's got a pina colada or something in his hand right now. Although I don't know where he is. He might be skiing or he might be on the beach. Not sure. Um, I'm sure we'll find out next week. But Daryl Carter, back as per usual. Hopefully you've had a good tipping week last week you were sort of on the survival mission yeah last week i was close to uh ending my entire career i think but no yes <laughs> it's, it's turned around a little bit this week although i did miss laying goshen yesterday i was absolutely fuming i had chicken nuggets in the oven and they were burning and my mum was <laughs> and my mum my mum was texting me about sorting out some wedding invitations and i was having a rope mare and i got to the race at, at 117 and he was towed off third Missed out on a week's wages, there, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, we, we've 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 heard about Sandra's crumpets with Harry Redknapp. Now we've got Daryl's yes. nuggets. <laughs> Daryl's nuggets. Oh dear. Um, well, also welcome back. Thanks for joining us again, Kevin. Um, I, how how do we introduce you this time? You know, sort of. Ah, whatever you like. <laughs> no, knows everything. Yeah, um, we'll we'll talk rubbish for money. Yeah, well, there you go. You've, you've given yourself a good introduction there. We'll, um, everyone take note. We'll talk rubbish for money. There you go. He charges a lot, by the way, for anyone. Um, we have, thankfully, had loads of racing because the weather has been slightly kinder to us. So that's really good. We've got plenty of highlights to talk about from the weekend. Um, I had a list of about 20 horses that we've managed to get down to, to a few. Um, so I suppose... Kev, let's start with you. We'll start with an interesting one. Sir Gerard, who obviously ran over fences the other day, is six to one from 20 to one from the Brown Advisory. That's quite a big slash in the market, considering he slashed through plenty of his ventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Look, he's been one of those, Megan, hasn't he? Everyone's been waiting for him to reappear. Um, top novice from last season. You know, everyone had the the, the pre-written tweets ready to go um, to fire about his, his sparkling chasing debut. But then, like you say, he kind of put some... Put a few flies in the ointment there by, by having a right old go at, I think it was the third fence, and um, there were some fabulous pictures emerged from it. Like he absolutely paddled his way through it. And um, if if I was a few years older, I'd say something like, "In the old days, he wouldn't he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have got made it in one piece to the other side," uh, because he he very much tested that fence. And look, he was grand other than that. I'd say his confidence took him a small bit of a knock. He was a bit slow at the one after that, the fourth, but he did get better as the race went. He needed to, but he did. In fairness, and I thought it was a, a reasonable round in the circumstances. Not picture perfect, but look, hopefully he'll learn from it. I'd say, look, it hasn't been a season that's gone to plan for him. Willie would have been surely happier to have him out much earlier than this. Mm-hmm. It was uh, normally with Willie when they kind of, when he doesn't get him out over fences by Christmas, he can often just take a pull and stay over hurdles for the season. But look, he, he's eight years of age. They've gone fencing now. He's, his novice status has, has been breached. So, look, I would imagine they would love to get another run into him before Cheltenham. Don't know if that's going to happen. I suspect all of the 
the many, many anti-post players around this horse would have been absolutely cringing during Willie's interview because he would have been widely perceived as being a, an Arkell Trophy prospect. And Willie mentioned literally every other novice chase at Cheltenham <laughs> Festival, including the National Hunt chase, uh, but didn't mention the Arkell. So, yeah, there was, there was a few people putting their heads through walls, I'd imagine, after that interview. But... Um, yeah, look, he clearly does stay all right. To me, over hurdles, he, he looked like a two-miler all along. Um, I thought he got away with the trip in the Ballymore last time round. And, and I, my distinct memory coming away from the Ballymore was saying, right, they've got away with that. We're not going to see him in a mid-range trip again. But um, here we are with National Hunt Chase has been talked yeah. about. So, um, yeah, look, look at, but to me, would I have him as a potential Cheltenham Festival winner? I wouldn't at the minute, to be honest. Um, and at that type of price, I, I'd certainly be happy enough to, to leave him alone. But look, it was an interesting race to, to study. Um, and mm. his his progression from first start over fence to second will, will, will be really interesting. But um, for me, he's, he's an easy enough one to look beyond at uh, the type of price he is now for his Cheltenham targets. Yeah, hopefully we do get to see him again. Obviously, time is sort of precious now, um, but he certainly lacks experience compared to a lot of the horses, obviously, um, that could potentially be going for brand advisory or any of those other races, as you mentioned. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, Daryl, you also wanted to mention a horse that was winning over in Ireland, uh, Tia Poo, who has now gone five to two from seven to one for the stairs. We kind of touched base on that recently in one of our podcasts about the stairs hurdle, and we weren't, no one was particularly strong on him, other than I think Martin Dixon was, was quite keen. Yeah. He's been shortened quite a lot now after a pretty impressive victory um a couple of days ago yeah yes and uh the reason i wanted to touch on him really was because i just i I just want to get it across that i don't think that he's proven his stamina despite his win over three miles that he looked visually very impressive he traveled through the race he jumps he jumps spectacularly well actually um there was lots of like about it he won with any amount in hand but before the race i was pretty keen to try and take him on and when i went through the race i realized there was absolutely nothing to do so you know in the contest and uh, I was a little bit concerned that we wouldn't get to see him uh, stretch his stamina because of the type of horses that were in the race for example I know Longhouse Poet has won a Thiestes chase on the card last year but he never really proved his stamina over three miles over hurdles he always looked like that was a stretch for him Um, and he had only run up to an RPR of 132 the last day as well so he didn't actually have to be at his best the last day to win so Perhaps the the form is well. The form is die. I'm not going to say perhaps it definitely is is no good at all. Look, the the interesting thing with him hit, hit him is is that the first circuit was running about three minutes six fifty five. The second circuit was run forty five lengths faster than the first circuit was. So they've dawdled around the first circuit and he's quickened up well. Um, and he's won with any amount in hand. But you know that first circuit was the slowest circuit of the entire day by 25 lengths. So mm. it was significantly slow and adored all round. And the second circuit, to be quite honest with you, we know he's a grade one horse, but just to, just to give it a bit of context, it wasn't actually much quicker than the maiden hurdle winner on the card either. So that there are, there, there's lots to like about him. I can see why people will latch onto him. He's a young, unexposed horse, a six year old. Um, and the to be honest, the, the race is absolutely terrible at the moment, isn't it? You know, so open, isn't it? Yeah, we're looking to to grab onto something, and I think a lot of people are grabbing onto him. He, for me, he just might need 
deep ground at Cheltenham, uh, going a championship pace uh, mm. to slow things down a little bit. Coming down the hill last year, I know it was the champion hurdle, I know it was a, lot, a bit more fast and furious, but he didn't look entirely happy coming down that hill. But look, he's he's in saying all that, he's probably the right market leader because we are looking for something to take that step forward and perhaps dominate this division. Um, but I would just be a little bit, little bit cautious with him for now. I'm absolutely gutted because when we were talking about, it, I think I'm I'm pretty sure I put my um my my bet on uh, Paisley Park, who obviously was disappointing mm. the other day. Now you lot all put me off thinking I'm going to be clever here. Ten pound each way, Dash or Drasher. He's like thirty three to one. He's always solid. He'll probably finish third. And everyone was like, Nah, no chance. I stop. Stick with Paisley Park. He won another <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the Frenchie comes over and beats them all. Yeah, <laughs> that no, nobody had even heard about before the weekend. <laughs> and we, we didn't learn an awful lot after because bless him, the jockey couldn't speak a word of English. And <laughs> the could speak only a little bit more. But um, I think I was getting the impression from his interview with Ollie Bell that he is going to look at supplementing him. Um, yeah, he entered. So I think that's the translation we got. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't be shocked if um, if he changes ownership between now and then, um, because geez, he'd be a very he'd be a very marketable horse now. And I'd say, listening to them, he'd be he'd be available for purchase if someone came up with enough money. And Christ, he was impressive. I know you look at his form, and you kind of say, you know, how has that happened? But his stamina hadn't really been fully drawn out. And um, like Dashiell Drasher, in fairness to him, is a good solid horse at the level. Um, does he quite stay three miles? I'm still I'm not 100% sure, but um, this was impressive and uh, he'd be well worth supplementing now. And um, he'd be he'd be interesting purchase for, for someone. I'd what, have do a, you know? if, what do you know? What do you know? Come on. I don't know, but I've just I, I, I've seen it happen before. And um, if, if you asked me to privately price up who might buy him, I'd have a fathom in mind, but uh, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a shock at all now. It wouldn't be a shock at all. <laughs> um, another horse who is potentially in the same ownership as what you are thinking could be making offers on uh, the new world hurdle <laughs> horse, stay hurdle horse, is Comfort Zone, who is owned by Stephen McManus and was over at Cheltenham, obviously, on the weekend and won the Triumph Hurdle trial. Um, I know you were speaking about this horse on Wade In, I think it is, um, and about sort of his chances. Will he go for the Triumph? We've been discussing on previous podcasts, would he be one that will uh, go for the Boodles hurdle instead? But what, what did you make of his performance at, at Cheltenham this time around? Yeah, really happy with him. Um, look, it's fantastic to, to win two grade twos with a horse like him, who, who's probably like a low 130s horse, really and truly. Um, Chepstow, he got away with it, um, mm. ended, up in, ended up in front too soon uh, and almost got nailed by Dixon Cove. Um, John Joe obviously learned from that, rode him very differently here and or didn't you know arrive until the last and well, I thought it was well on top of the line. Um, sure, look, people will read the form literally and say, God, he's really extended over Dixon Cove there. But as as um, you'll know, Megan, obviously, Dixon Cove had a, got a, picked up a career ending tendon injury, which I was very sorry to read about. Mm. Um, 
hopefully she'll be she'll go on to be a lovely broodmare but pity we're not going to see her again because she's plenty of ability um, yeah. and 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 look we'll see like comfort zone if you if you it won't be um you know jp and frank have have, have plenty of other juveniles to, to move around the board but um like i'd say to me would seem a more likely runner in the boodles than the triumph which might seem a mad thing with a horse that's won two grade twos but you know i think they were both below standard grade twos and i mm. think his mark is still going to leave him um in, in in a reasonable position in the weights for the boodles so and i, I think he won't be alone now i suspect especially if lossy mouth absolutely bolts up this weekend which should be strongly fancied to do so I suspect we could end up with, with a triumph that's a little bit light on numbers and a boodles yeah. that's absolutely red hot. Um, I, I could certainly see that panning out. But um, no, he's a lovely horse. He picked up loads of experience now. He's He jumps well in heavy traffic, which is what you want for a race like the boodles. He seems to have plenty of gears. Um, and yeah, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. That The lads will make the, will make the shout. I'd say a lot of it will be shaped by what happens in the spring juvenile at Leopardstown this weekend. But um, you'd be delighted with the way he's going. He's uh, he's a lovely horse. Yeah, he hasn't actually um, moved an awful lot. He's ten to one from fourteen to one for the Triumph um, at, at this stage. I could imagine that it would be a bit of a late decision if it looks like there's going to be such a small field. Maybe they'll maybe you will take a chance in the Triumph. I don't know, but um, it's kind of one of those. He's whatever he mark he runs off is. There's not going to be much leniency. You know, he's probably going to be running up to what he's performed on so you know you're not coming in thinking oh we could be potentially nicely handicapped coming into the boodles he's going to be running off a pretty tough mark yeah well look he, he was off 131 um prior to Cheltenham and, and really and truly like I personally I don't think he improved much um certainly in the time figures it wouldn't suggest he improved much so while it wouldn't be a surprise if he went up a few I don't, I don't think really he's going to go up more much more than that so um, like he should, like the top weight in the Boodles would, you know, can be 140, 145, something like that. Mm. So um, it could be a deeper Boodles than usual. But one thing I've noticed now is looking at um, Dixon Cove is actually a good example. Like I think the British handicapper is putting the juveniles in at a lower level. Like you, you would have noticed, like she was rated 130 going into the race at Cheps, though. She finished a very good second in the comfort zone and, mm. you know, went down, went down five pounds, you know. So I, I think that um, while in years past, if you had a what you thought was a nice juvenile rated in the mid to around the mid 130s, you'd be very happy. I think that's not as quite as good as it would have looked in previous years this year, looking at the way he's uh, he's rating the, the British ones. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's our strongest um, area, the, the juvenile um, sort of scene and, and this side of the water anyway. We don't seem to have anything that's massively standing out. Um, I think it, it's very fair to say that um, Ireland have the stronger hand in the juvenile section at the moment. Um, we had a couple more horses to discuss that won at Cheltenham, but before we move on to them, I just want to quickly, Daryl, you were quite impressed by Echoes in Rain, who, although she won a track that she absolutely adores again in Nace, She's been cut from 10 to 1 to 6 to 1 for the Mayor's Hurdle uh, and another graded, graded victory to her name. Yeah, I think that's fair, to be honest. Um, she's quite an interesting character. Willie had the hood on her last year in the in the mares. She was, she was beaten six lengths by Maurice Rock. She wasn't a disgrace at all. But he's got a fantastic stroke rate when he takes that hood off. And I just wonder how, like, a lot of his horses tend to improve for the removal of that hood. 
and she is one of them, that's for sure. Now, the form of this is not, you know, it's nothing to get excited about. Meeting Greek was dropping back to two miles. I have no idea what they're doing with that horse there. He should be in the stairs hurdles, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Bob Ollinger. Well, I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about Bob Bollinger. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the deepest contest, but the time was pretty good. She she did it with any amount in hand. Um, I mean, you look at the, the what she's done since she's had that hood taken off her. She's won a handicap. She's been second in the Cesarovich, Irish Cesarovich. Um, she fell when travelling really well in that Hatton's Grace behind Tihupu, and then she's come out and done this. So there's every reason that she can take a couple of steps forward, and I think she's quite a big player. I think this um, the mayor's hurdle is sort of seen is going to work itself out a little bit more after the weekend because they've not written off the chance of Honeysuckle going for this race either. So I would just hold fire on any bets in, in that market at the moment until this weekend's out of the way. But she's definitely progressive. I think. I don't, think she, I don't think she stays. Sorry. I don't think she wants to. I don't think she wants. I've never been convinced she wants any further than two and a half miles. You know, they yeah, ran her in the mares fair. because the mares exist. The mares hurdle, you know, but she should be in the champion hurdle for me. Like yeah. she, they've always, they've always had a huge opinion of her, but like she's very free going. And, you know, hence why they tried the hood. And it's unusual enough for Willie to use any sort of headgear. Um, and uh, to me last year, like she, she ran well enough. But I think you're always battling her um, over that sort of trip. Like really a fast run two miles yeah. is what she wants. And I she think probably she doesn't run. She probably doesn't get that pace in that two and a half mile contest. Yeah. She gets over two miles, that, that helps her out. Yeah, and it just ends up being a bit of a battle with her. Like, look, the champion hurdle has Constitution Hill in it, um, who looks very formidable. But like, I, I would be pretty adamant that Echoes and Rain would run very well in the champion hurdle. Um, if she was given the chance, but because the mayor's hurdle is there, I think it looks sounds like they're going to try and shoehorn her into being a two two and a half miler again because that race is there rather than keeping her at what I think is probably her best trip. I, I'd be in very little doubt it's her best trip to be honest. And, and obviously, being at Cheltenham, then uh, the you know the emphasis on stamina is you know even more. Um, will she get up that hill? I suppose if you've got a question mark on it already, then then that's a negative. The mayor's is potentially one of the most competitive races at the moment. I think it's, you know, red hot, could be red hot. Like Daryl says, we could learn more over the weekend, but um, it's building up to be a really competitive race at this stage. Um, a couple of other horses, like I say, from Cheltenham to discuss. Um, I think it's important we touch on Editor de Guide, who has gone in to five to one from 20 to one for the champion chase. Um, a first grade one victory for his jockey and another potential champion chase horse for his connections, which is, you know, very exciting for them and fair play because they've done work wonders with the horse and, you know, being ballsy has paid off this time. Gary Moore obviously supplemented him um, and it's, it's paid off. But Kev, you wanted to, to definitely discuss this horse. Yeah, loads to discuss in this race, full stop. Um, look, you have to give full credit to editor Degeet. I know sometimes when, when you get unexpected winners that make the running, you know, people assume they're flattered or what have you. I, I wouldn't have a bit of that now. I think he was given a very good, efficient ride by Niall Houlihan. Um, it wasn't his fault that maybe Edward Stone laid a little bit too far out of his ground, but editor Degeet, geez, he's some jumper of events, mm. you know, slick, fast through the air, fast away from a fence. Um, Cheltenham suits him really well because you know yourself you're always on the turn there and being able being, being zippy away from your fences is, is, is of big benefit so like he is a big player he's done it twice now um, you know and he, he'll be he'll be a player at Cheltenham but I would have Edward Stone reversing the form and I thought he ran a massive race um, like I don't want to knock Tom Cannon too much 
you know, nobody would have questioned, um, a, a, you know, a tactical approach of following Ergamine and look to pick him off. But it's just that an Ergamine didn't do his thing. And all of a sudden he was left with kind of five or six lengths to make up an editor to Geese. And, you know, what he did can there you, from can just... I, um, can I quickly just ask you there on, uh, on an Ergamine, was there anything that's sort of come about from that? Do you think he underperformed? I know he made a bit of a mistake at the last, which cost him a couple of lengths, but he was never going to win. No, like to me, he did. He, he certainly jumped the way he normally does. Like he's low and he's aggressive. He can be a little bit too low at times. He's always out to his right. Um, you know, I always think he'd be a bit better going the other way around. I suspect they'll ride him a bit differently the next day and maybe revert to more forceful tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see the sense in that. But um, he was ultimately beaten when he made that mistake for me. And like Edward Stone, to come back to him, like I just thought he did what he did from kind of approaching two out down to halfway up the run in, like he did so much running there. Like he's made up a huge amount of ground in, in a red hat part of the race. And he's just paid for it very close home. Um, and, you know, Alan, really after kind of exiting before halfway on his previous start, like this was his first proper race since the Tingle Creek. We know from his campaign last year, we know from the way Alan King talks about him, like he thrives on racing. He gets a little bit fresh if you leave him too long. And um, they kind of rode him with an exaggerated waiting tactic with a view to getting him relaxed. And look, I'd say he'll be even better the next day. And yeah, I think he's the champion chase winner for me. Um, I just want to, I'm going to pick um, your brains a, a little bit more in, into, into this race. A um, couple of things. The jockey surely now will be wary of giving editor to mm. guy such an easy lead. Surely, you know, like you said, an argument could be ridden more positively again next time. But in the champion chase, we're not going to see him get an easy lead, surely. No, like it, it's there's no, always an element of surprise there. <laughs> and you don't have that. You don't have the benefit of that every time. You know, mm. he did. He did. He did it at Kempton. Um, but I don't think anyone wanted to believe it. You know, Edward Stone fell early. And I don't think people really believed it, but now they'll have to believe it um, mm. because he's, he's done it, you know, very much fair and square. Um, so he won't have that element of surprise. But look, he, he still has the tool set. You know, he's going he's gonna to be jumping like a buck there and getting fast away from his fences. It would take um, uh, take a pretty sharp one to lay into him now. and uh, It would take a really sharp one to lead him. So, um, look, he'll be doing his thing anyway. You know, pace holds up well on that track. So, um, while he won't be given, you know, I don't think Edward Stone will be spotting him six lengths turning into the straight. Um, he, he's, he's still a very good horse and um, he, he warrants all that respect that he'll surely get now. And the last thing just on, on this race as well is um, more, well, the champion chases. Uh, I heard an interview on um, from Sky Sports Racing that with Nicky Henderson, who said if Shiskin sort of showed his pace when he runs at Ascot and travels better, he's not against the idea of supplementing him. Now he's gone from, <laughs> he's going to run in the golf cart, to, he's going to run in the Ryanair, to his window, to now maybe now he can breathe, he's going to find his speed again. Yeah, we've been here before, haven't we, with Altior, you know, it's a um, you know, wonderful man, wonderful trainer, but can be quite can get himself in a bit of a model with, with his very best horses. Um, you know, uh, no one would ever question his intentions, etc. but he can, he can get himself in a bit of a model. And, um, you know, I think they probably thought, right, if we don't enter Shishkin in the champion chase, we won't be, we won't be tempted to get windy mm. and, and, and run him in that. And now they're thinking about getting windy and running them and, when, and supplementing him. When Pictori beats him at, at Ascot, 
he's not going to want to run him in the champion chase. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, well, well they might all be a res- they might all be a respectful distance behind Fakir Duderi, but your time will tell. Oh. <laughs> about in upcoming uh pod pods <laughs> um uh, right the last one just from our highlights is uh a voice senor who has gone 10 to 1 for the gold cup hang on the cops world chase um a horse that absolutely drives me mad because i think he's got huge amounts of ability but he's not trustworthy um but he put in a performance that he needed to do and in fairness connections have said that they have full faith in this horse still, and he rewarded with uh, re- rewarded them with that. Um, Daryl, I'm just going to ask you quickly. I know Kev, you want to speak about this performance, but um, Daryl, do you think we've seen a Gold Cup winner here? I, I don't know if I'd go f- as far to say we've seen a Gold Cup winner, but it was one of the performances that impressed me most when I was at Cheltenham on Saturday. I must say, um, he looked like he was going to drop out the back of the telly, j- jumping the third last, and his, his overdrive just really kicked in and. Um, the way he finished was you'd have to be impressed with the way he finished um his jumping was a little bit better on saturday um it's mm. still it's still not as polished as you'd like it to and i don't think he's got the capacity in his brain to meet every fence on a stride if you like he's, he's always going to be one of these horses that will throw in put an extra stride in and just perhaps clip the top and, and be shuffled back the, the concern i have with him is actually the start of the race now the start of the gold cup as we know is um, the excitement's buzzing and everyone wants to get well positioned over the first couple of fences. I've mentioned it before on this podcast. That's That, for me, would just be where I'd be slightly worried about him. Um, and just having that pace to, to get a, to get well positioned and to jump those first couple of fences well. He's the type of horse that could win a Gold Cup or he's the type of horse that his Gold Cup could be over after four fences. Mm. So he's a very risky proposition, but there was, there was no doubt about it. This was much more like it. And he's got a fantastic record at the turn of the year after Christmas. So um, he, he could be improving yet. Yeah, he certainly seems to be better coming into the spring, doesn't he? Um, Kev, on those points that Daryl's making about his jumping... Previously, we've seen him sort of sulk when he's not in front. But actually, mm. this time, when Frodon did come past him and Derek Fox did take a lead, he didn't seem to sulk as much and he did jump better than he has done previously in behind. Yeah, he, he did when he had a bit of space, but then he kind of ended up getting a little bit shuffled and he, he was a bit awkward in his jumping when he got in amongst traffic. And mm. look, that's my view with him. Like, I. I'd love to see them ride him a bit more aggressively. Like Daryl says, I don't think he has a great brain. And I, I think he just needs to be told, you know, go forward and, and, and jump rather than having to, to be clever with his feet. Um, you know, the race I'd love to see him in, I don't think he'll win a Gold Cup. Um, I think he'd have a great chance in a Punchestown Gold Cup. You know, I think we haven't seen the best of him going that way around. Like he jumps out to his right all the time. And mm-hmm. I fancied him in the King George. And he actually, he jumped as well as he ever had that day. And I thought he was in a reasonable position. And he, he just cut out. And they said afterwards that they missed work with him due to frost, etc. So I'd like to see him go to Punchestown at some point. Um, I think that would really suit him well with a good aggressive ride. Like very talented horse. Um, fair play to them for persevering now. After, you know, early on in the season, I was kind of saying, "Geez, if he was mine, I think I'd nearly revert to hurdles and look and try and win a stairs hurdle with him." But um, they've persevered. They believe in him. They've had a big day here. Uh, wonderful for Lucinda Russell, obviously. Um, having lost her dad, um, who was involved in this horse. Um, so that, that gave them a real day to remember. And look, hopefully he runs well for them at, at Cheltenham in the Gold Cup. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, he could do anything like Daryl says, but um, Punchestown would be an interesting um, way to finish their season if they wanted to do that. 
I, I, I think the, I'd be surprised. I, I totally agree with you, but the luck that they've had with this horse entry, I can only imagine now mm. that they're going to want to run him in the Gold Cup because that's obviously what they their plan, and then they'll go to entry after providing he's fine because that's where yeah, most had so likely, much luck with yeah. Him. Um, Most likely, I'd say. You could, you could do all three. It has to be done. But um, yeah, it would be it would be punchy. <laughs> yeah, I, but look, he's a he's a he's an interesting runner. But like we say, he could just about do anything. You wouldn't be shocked to see any for, sort of result with with him. Um, but look, we've been absolutely spoiled. But there were so many more horses we could have talked about from from the weekend, which is great that we've had such competitive racing and that it's all been on. So we've been spoiled. Um, but we must get down to the business and the first of two races we are going to have a look at is the Turners. Um, again, we could learn more about it this weekend with the Dublin Racing Festival being on. Um, one horse that we were going to pick up on that kind of ties into this is Stage Star. Uh, he's 12 to 1 um, from 33 to 1 for the Turners. He carried a big weight in a handicap at Cheltenham and won very impressively. Daryl, you wanted to talk about this horse. Were you taken by surprise in a positive way or do you still think he's not, not at that level? I was going to give him a knock. <laughs> is he, yeah, is he going, is he, is the plan to go to the turn or is it the manifesto at Aintree? What, what do you think your dad's well, thinking? Well, if you, Harry Cobden afterwards said, this is a graded horse running in a handicap and he's won like he should. And the fact that he jumped so well and travelled so well and won impressively at Cheltenham. Yeah. They seem as if that is going to be the plan now. He had to sort of jumping out, but he left Newbury well behind him the last twice. Um, yeah. he's again prone to a couple of mistakes but he was much better so I believe he probably will be going for the Turners all being well yeah to be honest it's probably the right decision to go for the Turners after that course and distance uh, distance victory look he's he's a he's a lovely horse he won that with any amount in hand um, mm. that, that's the th- first thing I will say uh, as Harry was crossing the line he had any amount in hand that the slight knock I've got with him is is that in comparison to Il Redito, who ran over the same course of distance, he would have been stone cold last, jumping four out and three out. And he would have been beaten 13 lengths by Il Redito if they had run in the same race. So that's a little bit interesting. I thought Harry gave him a fantastic ride, as he did on Il Redito as well. Um, he's, he's riding out of his skin at the moment, that's for sure. But he was well positioned. He jumped well, got, got into no sort of trouble, um, kept it very straightforward and on the day, the best horse in the race won. Uh, and that's nice to see a lot of the time, you know. You want to see these best horse, horses winning. Um, yeah, for me, he, he's on the upgrade. He, he's got every right to be running in, in a turn. As I think this is going to cut up as well, because I think... Mm-hmm. I think if if appreciate it doesn't go here, say they say appreciate it runs really well uh, at the weekend and it's narrowly beaten by El Fabiolo, um, then he's he probably won't go. He'll he'll go to the Arkle. Uh, James uh, James is the Burley will may go here and um, we'll see how he gets on against Moiti Potter. So Gerard's obviously going to go up and trip and you're sort of out to Banbridge. Now I wanted to ask Kev about this horse because I tipped this horse for this race after he ran at Cheltenham earlier in the year. For me, Banbridge was the first horse and one of only a few this year that has actually put up a 160 performance. Now, Tommy's Oscar gave that form a good boost when he beat Boot Hill the other day at Doncaster. But I have, I don't know why I've got a, I've got a feeling, Kev, that, that you're thinking about going down the Arkle route or is, it, is everything um, hinging on what happens at the weekend at, at Dublin? Uh, 
Um, look, the weekend will, will be will guide us. You know, look, last time I think the ground just went. If the ground was like that at Dex, yeah. he, he, he probably wouldn't have run. Um, took a chance, didn't work out. But look, the ground's going to be much better at the weekend. He's coming back in trip. You know, if you didn't know anything about him and just watched the race at Cheltenham, you'd say, yeah, trip's going to be, the shorter trip's going to be no issue at all. He's one of those that is probably looks faster over fences than he did over hurdles just because he jumps the fence better than he jumped the hurdle. So look, we'll see what happens this weekend. I, I could certainly see him bouncing back and running very well because um, as you mentioned, like that race at Cheltenham, like the time was particularly good. The forum's got a boost since and he was just very impressive um, to my eye. Like lovely and brave when he needed to be, clever when he needed to be, um, good and strong up the run in. Um, so look, hopefully he'll, he, he's probably a little bit forgotten now, but hopefully that won't be the case Would it be important with him that he gets decent ground? Very important. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any rain prior to this weekend. That they're watering already. But look, the grounds always lovely at Leopardstown. It should suit him well. Um, but like it, it was heavy ground in the fairy house, um, and and he just got stuck in it. He actually ran all right, but it, that wasn't him. So look, we'll get a better reflection of him this weekend. Um, could he go for the Turners? Look, he's he's been given the entry. Um, and we know he stays from what he did in the, in the Martin Pipe last year, etc. Sure, like he, he's he's shown that he stays even further than that before. So you wouldn't like to rule it out. But if this weekend goes to plan and he, he runs very well, or may, hopefully even wins, um, you'd imagine that it, it, it'd be a case of carrying carrying on to the Arkle. But um, to run the Turners, like probably he needs to really shape that way, you know, get out pace yeah. in the second last to finish off well, to finish third, mm. then you'd have to strongly consider it. But I'd say at the minute, um, the Arkle would be in pole position as a potential target. Kev, would the ground dictate any sort of uh, reason for you going back in trip or going up in trip? For example, if it's a soft ground week at Cheltenham, are you, are you more than likely not going to run at all? Or would you more than likely, you know, manipulate the trip around the ground? If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, look, I, I run, I'd say, you know, Ronnie Bartlett, his owner, like Cheltenham was a big thing for him. You, you'd, you'd take your chance and hope for the best, but you, you'd like, you'd, you'd think that if the ground did go, it would compromise his chance regardless of whether it's the shorter or longer trip. Um, so you'd just be, you wouldn't be doing a rain dance anyway, that's for sure, whatever, <laughs> the, whatever, whatever the opposite of the rain dance is, yeah, you'd be doing the sun dance. <laughs> uh, Willie Mullins has got, a load of entries in obviously all of the novices at the moment we're looking at appreciate it obviously he's going to be running on the weekend um but appreciate is in at seven to two for the turners we've got el fabiolo who is eight to one we've got james de burley who is seven to one we've got gerard we said we'll go up into it dissect dynamo like he's got so many entries in this race daryl of all of his who do we think is the most likely or which Potentially, are the most likely to come for the Turners. I think James de Burley is the most likely to come for the Turners. Um, he's a nice horse. They tried him over three miles last year. He, he was okay, um, but on his on his seasonal return on his chase debut, I thought um, that the time sort of and I keep going on about times a bit boring, but the time would suggest that he's got, he's not short of a bit of pace. I think he'll come here. I think um, especially for the owners who Simon and Isaac. Um, I've got uh, El Fabiola going to the Arkle, so they'll they'll like James de Berlin here. Perhaps Bron goes up the other trip, you know. Um, so they've got a sort of a, a strong team in each division. Um, 
So I think he's the most likely. But again, it, it does hinge on, on the Dublin Racing Festival this weekend. We'll see what happens. We'll appreciate it. Will he be outpaced? I mean, we, it's very difficult to learn anything about uh, a lot of these novices when they're running the Mickey Rouse races, four-runner races, uh, and doing things on the bridle. You know, we need to see a competitive race to see these markets shape up. Look, I, while, while we're just while I'm just on it, um, Mighty Potter, I think, is is one of the underappreciated favourites in this entire anti-post market at the moment. I think um, his his Drimmel win is, is the strongest piece of novice chase form you'll see either side of the water, I think. It's worked out really well. Gaia de Mesnil's come out and won. Obviously, the Devils coachman came out and won the other day. Um, and it's had boosts throughout. Um, I think he's... a. And I thought he won that with plenty in hand. He recalled an RPR of 164. Now, that that RPR of 164 for Moyi Potter would have won seven of the last 10 turners. Um, so I think he's. Uh, I think he should be a bit bit shorter in the market. I'd even have him as a six to four strong favourite for this, to be honest with you at the moment, the way it's shaping up in behind. I don't think there's any sort of worry about where he's going to go. Obviously, he runs at Dublin. Um, if he wins there, he's going to be he's going to be much shorter than his three to one on the sportsbook now. Um, what? So I'm slightly confused, right? Jerry Colon, yeah, yeah. So potentially comes over to Sundown for the Silly Isles, yeah. If not, he has that entry on Sunday as well, but that's the same race as Mighty Potter. However, his entries are Brown Advisory and the National Hunt Chase. He's not even got an entry in the Turners. If he went and won the Silly Isles, surely he's going to have to have a supplementary. Well, I think the ground's the big thing with him. So uh, you're looking at sort of spring ground on, the, on a spring ground festival. I think they would rather take their chances over, over the longer trip um, rather than, you know, if it came up really soft, I could see perhaps them going this way. But I think he's, uh, I think he's got loads of improvement when he goes up and trip. They're talking about Irish nationals for this horse down the line. So they certainly think of him as a stayer. That's for sure. It's a shock that he hasn't even got the got the entry. I mean, I I, I thought we must be missing him off the list here, but he's he's yeah. actually not even entered. Yeah, it doesn't cost that much to enter the day to close. Like <laughs> money bags. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you, you'd always right. You'd always like to have the option without having to go to your owner and say, "Oh, geez, sorry, probably should have had him in there." Now we want to run him, and you know, um, I wouldn't quite go to the, the to the to the Willie Mullins extent of uh, scatter ent- scatter <laughs> entries, but uh, yeah, it would have been. It would you would think it would have been an obvious one, a nice one to have up your sleeve. But um, sure, look, we'll see what happens this weekend. It sounds like he's going to Sandown. How much, yeah, cost, Kev? How much does it cost to enter? Um, oh, whatever. Uh, one, 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 yeah, 1% is kind of the guide, um, you know, to, to get to the run. That's the, it'll, it'll end up totaling as 1% of, um, of the winner of the winner's purse is kind of the, the rough guide. Um, and if you want the supplement, then it's 10% of the winner's purse will be the, will be the rough guide. Just a Kevin um, Blake podcast for you then. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, wish. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like like the the question of which one of, of Willie's could end up here, like has has been um, a big topic of conversation now amongst the uh, plenty of lads that I talk to. You know, try and I think a lot of them came to the conclusion of appreciated. And to be honest, like looking at them all individually, about the group of five of them, and looking at the way they jump, and like Daryl says, like you can't you can't take 
everything you'd like from these runs where they're you know basically having a solo only look mm. at their jumping technique and their overall form and to me appreciate it would appeal as the one with the jumping technique that would be best suited to going up and trip like he's lovely and measured and clever and and, and solid you know whereas even the likes of James de Burley, even though he started off over a mid-range trip to me my takeaway from that was yeah he'd be well able to come back and trip because you watch him in that in the first half of that race like he's aggressive Mm. Like he he's he is big and aggressive and he flattened out now as the race went on. But to me, he looked like one that would be happier rocking and rolling at a stronger pace over a shorter trip. And um, El Fabiolo looks a two miler. You know, Dicer Dynamo certainly looks like a two miler. So this weekend will inform. But it was interesting that they took appreciated out of the longer race and obviously left left him in the Arkle. So. Yeah, look, Willie Mullins, bingo. You could talk about it all day. Um, mm-hmm. But if it were, if were me and there was no, and like Daryl alluded to, there is owner politics here as well. Um, if there was no owner politics and you're just judging them on the individuals, you know, I'd be delighted to see appreciate it over mm-hmm. two and a half miles if he were mine. But we'll see what happens this weekend. Um, in a perfect world, the, the two and a half miler wouldn't exist. It'd be a nice novice handicap. And we'd either, the option would be long or short and it would be a lot easier work out. But yeah. there you go. Absolutely. That's too easy. That's way too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, just quickly, I wanted to mention um, was the real Wacker, who I suppose has been um, a bit of a revelation. And, you know, since joining Patrick Neville, only a small team has been... Um, pretty impressive really twice at Cheltenham he could potentially go um for the brown advisory he could potentially go for the turners he's one over three he's one over two and a half um could go for the gold cup yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Mention, mention the gold cup yeah he's ended but are they saying that they're going to go for that I thought they were I, I saw an interview with them now and they weren't ruling it out It'd be punchy, but uh, it, it has been done. Uh, it has been done, and in fairness, he was very aggressive last time. Like that, mm. that wasn't a bad race at all. Like beat beating Mon Morale and Thunder Rock, yeah. um, in the style that he did. Like particularly good jumper, like low measured attacking. He wouldn't um, be without an each way chance in a, in one of the novices, surely. No, not at all. I think, and look, watching him, like, look, he's won over three miles and he stays, but um, he didn't, to me, look like a horse that was crying out to go back up. Like, I thought he was perfectly fine at two and a half the last day. He didn't look shy of pace at all. He had the race wrapped up quite a way out. So I wouldn't be sleeping on him, you know, less less high-profile connections, but but clearly, like, a very, very good horse, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought he was interesting. Um, he's on my list here at fifty to one, but on online he's eight to one. So I feel like eight to one is probably more realistic than fifty after <laughs> after what he's done. That could be wrong. You guys will probably be able to get it up. Um, Daryl, you'll probably be able to see. Can you see his prices as well? I think yeah, he's around eight to one though. Um, yeah, he's he's shortest for the Brown Advisory because I yeah, think that's considered his his most likely advisory. target. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see so, him in this. He's, he's yeah, I, I think I think it'd go well. Yeah, yeah, I I do because like we said, this could easily like they all, all do. This can easily cut up. Um, you know, Willie's not going to run all five, um, and he's basically got five of the six in, in the top of the market. So it's a race that's certainly open. So I would. He's be fifty against... to one. Fifty to one. Yeah, yeah. He's I've got him. I've got him in here. This is really bad. I'm about to say this. I've got him in here, on here just on the racing post, which has a different firm putting the price up. Who yeah, has so that's. No that's probably non running. That's non running. No bet, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Maybe okay. 50s so anti post rules. Well, then, in yeah. that case, he's, he's, you know, if you if you knew where he was going, which unfortunately we don't, 
that would be um, sort of a bit of interesting each way value. But anyway, we don't know where he's going. So that sort of puts a line through that one. <laughs> um, on to our second and final race of this week's podcast, and that is the Ryanair. Again, a race which is um, dreadful. Muddling. <laughs> dreadful. Have a very short price favorite who hasn't been seen for a very long time. Alaho, six to four. I mean, surely that is mental. Kevin? Um, look, he's, he's one of the best horses in training, has been for a couple of years. It's just he's been largely wasting away <laughs> in the mid-range trip division. Um, like what he did in the Punchestown Gold Cup last season was unbelievable. Yeah. Like he's absolutely whacked, you know, some proper horses, proper staying chasers. You know, there would have been a bit of a question mark about the suitability of the three miles going into it. He'd been beaten a few times earlier in his career, but Jesus, he blew them away. And like he's blown them away in the Ryanair the last two years. Mm. But um, there's clearly been issues. There's clearly been holdups. Um, like Willie, we know in fairness to him, he can deliver one to the Cheltenham Festival first time um, in top order. Um, but it makes the race very difficult to discuss because look, if he gets there and Willie's happy, he's clearly going to be tough to beat. But like he doesn't have a super record fresh. Um <sighs> But what's going to turn up against him? Like, with Blue Lord being the champion the chase? Will, will Fakir Duderie even go to Cheltenham? He could go straight to Aintree after Ascot. Mm. Shishkin, who knows? <laughs> Gallop and the Champ, Gold Cup, surely. You know, Pick yeah. Dory, he, he'd be a likely runner, I assume, Megan, if Ascot goes to plan. Conflated is missing the Dublin Racing Festival this weekend. Like, you, you, you end up venturing a long way down that list. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of typical Ryanair chase in that there's usually kind of one or two standout contenders, and then you get a few um, late additions that, that bottle out of the Gold Cup or the Champion Chase, um, you know, for whatever reason. So it's, it's a tricky race to weigh up, really particularly tricky, actually, with the, the question yeah. marks about Alaho at the minute. I know it's it, it really is. I mean, Blue Lord, um, you you mentioned there. He's six one second favorite at the moment. Now he obviously has plenty of pace, but if this is going to be an easier option, do you think that they would go Ryanair route? I mean, I I personally think he he could stay, um, and and it wouldn't be an issue. But at the moment, he sort of looks like he's on target for a champion chase. Yeah, sure. Look, we'll see him this weekend. Look, he's going to be a million to one on in the in the, the two mile one at Leopardstown. And look, if all goes straight forward there, um, look, it'll be typical, Willie. It'll be a late decision. Um, probably, you know, if an argument, if anything went wrong with him, Blue Lord would probably definitely sub in. Yeah. Um, tag in, you know, but you know, that's 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 what you get when you As have so many options and so much though. power in the one hands. Yeah, like they, they can chop and change very if easily. Run or isn't ready, then Blue Lord potentially goes yeah. goes there. Galapan goes Gold Cup, but obviously if an Ergman isn't one hundred percent and Alaho is, maybe Blue Lord. But it's I I think that, yeah, I think though that they they are quite confident that an Ergman you'll see a different an in March. I think that mm. they're pre- they're pretty bullish about that. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would say that he would probably probably needed the run at, at the weekend at, at Cheltenham at the weekend. So I, I don't think that they'll be. Um, will he ever need a run? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And maybe maybe Willie's going to campaign for the the return of the the orange aprons, yeah. which would be which would be a massive <laughs> difference maker for an argument, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Blue Lord would definitely be the type to, type to, to, to revert. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I think they're all focused on the champion chase for him. Blue Lord would be the one to come in here if Alho's not fit. But again, as Kev said, it's revolving around Alho. Look, if you're a punter, um, you wouldn't want to touch Alaho at the moment anyway, anti-post. Uh, I don't think, I think they'll try and get, the punters will try and get him beat on the day, um, depending what lines up against him. Kev mentioned that record fresh is not a terrific one. I think he, he's he been beaten three of his four starts after a seasonal reappearance and we did win last yeah, and, year. And, and, and the, the, the fourth time, yeah, um, sure wasn't Asterian. the Asterian for Lange looked yeah. like he was kind of bowled up and then he, he yeah. did his thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kev, Fakir Dardari, you're the man in the camp. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Are you similar to us? Are you sort of waiting around and see what happens to Alaho? I mean, I, I, do, I will just say, I thought, I thought I was a little bit disappointed with him, I must say, at Thurless last time. I know he's won. Um, yeah. I thought yeah, he, no, he, he, he was laboured. He was yeah. laboured. Look, I don't think Thurless is his track, really. It's a bit slick for him. Um, like, I think he would have run very well. I think he was, yeah. he was only really starting to roll when the mayhem kicked in at the last. Um, <laughs> But look, Ascot, hopefully he'll go there and take a bit of beating. That's a, that's a track that suits him well, I think. Um, Cheltenham, like, look, I, I think it's fair to say, and again, like with Comfort Zone, it, it, JP and Frank will be will be steering the ship on it. Um, but I know the case last year was Aintree was plan A, and if something happened to Aloha late, he could have subbed in, you know, at quite short notice into Cheltenham. And, and it might just be something similar now, because look, he's seen the... He's seen the back end of Alaho plenty of times in his career, like, and it wasn't close, and it wasn't close either. So, um, you'd nearly rather um go to Aintree Fresh, where he's won won the Grade One the last two years, and that's been his the highlight of his season. So, yeah. um, that's Plan A, I'd say. But if Alaho was ruled out, I'd say there, there would be an interesting decision to be made there. Yeah, it's the same with a few, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. It would probably end up being a much more competitive race if Alahov didn't make it because there'd be yeah. plenty that would say, oi, oi, here we go, I, let's have a crack. <laughs> I think Pictor is basically same route as um, Fakir Duderi, potentially. And, and and likewise, you know, would Cheltenham play to strength? Probably not. So I think, unless it looks like falling apart. Galapan Gold Cup, conflated. Well, like you say, it doesn't run this weekend, but they were very strong on, you know, after he won at Lepersan, saying if he goes to Cheltenham, yeah. he will go Gold yeah. Cup. So that's yeah. that one. Fiskins, yeah. that makes him surely, <laughs> if he runs any sort of race at Ascot, he's going to go to the Ryanair, surely. Surely. Uh, I'd, look, look, I'll tell you what, Kev, don't write him <laughs> off just yet. Don't, don't write him off just yet. I, I, uh, I, hey, when, when Altior was starting to go wrong, or sorry, when I wrote, I wrote off Spritter Sacra before the impossible dream. So I'm, I'm slightly <laughs> caught. I'm always cautious with Nicky Henderson. I give him plenty of stick, but geez, you'd, you'd have the utmost respect for his um, ability <laughs> for these horses to make Lazarus-like recoveries and um, be, be back right on the, on the big day. So I, I would never sleep on Nicky's ability to get them back, but um, he does look to be on struggle street a little bit at the minute and um, yeah hopefully he shows much more the next day but I wouldn't like to be I wouldn't like to be backing up myself and then what then you know we go further down the list Eldorado Allen 16 to 1 well this is lovely it, ho- it lovely horse but if he goes and wins a Ryanair you're you know <laughs> yeah this is it though Kev like like if, uh, for me in my, in, my, in my Cheltenham focus column for Betfair if, if I could find a runner a certain yeah. <laughs> runner, he would have been in the bloody list. Do you know what I mean? What about, what about Hitman, Megan? Would, would, would yeah, he turn Hitman up here? will go for the Ryanair, obviously, all being well. Um, yeah, like, like he's a very good horse, and obviously, he, yeah, he bled, did he? Yeah, he just he didn't run. I don't know if he did bleed or not. 
I'm not sure. I don't. I feel like um, he didn't. But um, he made a. Let me check because I do actually. I will know this. Um, but he did um, obviously make a few mistakes. One pretty awful mistake, um, and that was the end of his race. But he never really got into it. So um, on here, um, I will I just say, beaten horses in the King George do have quite a good record in the uh, in the Rhino. So he's likely to go for the Denman Chase next and then go okay. to the Rhino after. But I, I, when I spoke to Natalie Parker, who's his work rider, she said, writing off the King George, she never mentioned that he bled, obviously, the mistakes. I could be totally wrong here. Um, but he goes all being well to Denman Chase and then to the Ryanair. He will like it if it's a very small field because that seems to suit him because he likes the gotcha. lot of daylight yeah. and he doesn't like... You know, in, in the King George, he was a bit crowded. And I think he's soft, to be honest. Yeah. So if there's five runners, it could suit him. I'm not saying he's going to win a Ryanair because I'm not sure. I don't have faith in this horse yet because I think he's a weak finisher. And I I don't, I just don't trust him. But <laughs> there you go, Kim. Right, the, only, the only runner we got for the Ryanair, <laughs> the trainer's daughter says he's a weak finisher. So <laughs> doesn't like him. Yeah. Really yeah. It's a, I wonder what Envoy Alan go. Um, he's in a similar boat, I suppose, in that he kind of blew out him? in. No, no, he blew <laughs> out in the King George as well. But but he is, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good horse to a level, and it, I wouldn't be shocked if a mid range trip was 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 a nice trip for him. Um, but again, look, we're, we're grasping because we have to. You know, it's just one of those races. Right, so it's about time now that we um, get our picks for both of these races, the Turners and the Ryanair. Um, so again, obviously the winning money will be going to the Interjockeys Fund, which is brilliant, and we've got £20 to do whatever you like, as per usual, on these two races. Um, Daryl, we'll start with you, please. Um, your picks for the Turners and the Ryanair. Yeah, £20 straight win on Mighty Potter. I think he's excellent value at 3-1 to one still. I think that'll be long gone at the weekend. And in the Ryanair, I'm going to take a chance on Shishkin bouncing back. Brave. Okay. He's one that is potentially running if he's not supplemented for the um, Chairman Chase. So watch this space. Um, and, and what about yourself, Kev? Have you got um, picks for these races? Yeah, I'm with Mighty Potter as well, actually. Um, like him an awful lot. Did, didn't speak about him earlier, but um, do like him an awful lot. And I'd agree, he, I could see him shortening up uh, between now and then, uh, most likely after this weekend. Um, and so I go win only there. And Ryanair, look, as we've said, it's, it's a bit wild. So if I can go um, win and place on Janadil, um, oh, he'll, he'll, be like about a, he'll be about a million to one. I've no idea if he's... 33 well in- at the moment. We haven't seen him this season, um, but he did finish second to Alaho last season. And like he's a very good horse when he's kind of right. So look, at a, at, a, at a million to one in a race that could chop up, um, it could get at least some place money in the pot for a great cause. That was sneaky because you didn't dare mention him beforehand. We're you not, see, we're not it, mentioning him when we have our picks to make sure the prize isn't slashed. 30 <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a little bit of surprise is good for everyone <laughs> Absolutely. um right i'm gonna do my picks um i'm gonna go in the turners appreciate it because i again i'm not sure if i'm right in this but i personally would love to see him up and trip in the turners so i'm gonna hope um that he, that's the way he goes and in the ryanair god oh, this is the most frustrating race um because we just don't know um I'm going to go Blue Lord 
six to one at the moment because Alaho, obviously, we're not sure. And ultimately, Simon Munir and Isaac Swade are going to want to do what is best for them. So I am going to go with Blue Lord for the Ryanair. So hopefully between us, we're going to have lots of winnings for the Indodrops fund. Um, so thank you very much, guys. Um, and a reminder to everyone, you can obviously tune in to hear more of Kevin's opinions on Wade-In, which is on Mondays. And we also have Racing Only Better, which is on Thursdays. Next week, well, it is the week to be on board. We have so much to discuss. We're obviously going to have the Dublin Racing Festival to touch on. Um, the, Willie, uh, the Willie Mullins Racing Festival. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 the bingo sort of releasing some more numbers. Um, but also, we've got plenty of good action here in the UK as well. And we are going to be discussing all of Tuesday. So a few handicaps are going to be starting to come in. We've obviously done all the, the championship races, um, but it's going to be a, a bumper show next week. So, um, Kev, you're going to be... Uh, lucky that you're off the hook I think next week so you can you can tune in and not have to do too much studying Daryl we need you on top form next week I tell you we've got loads of horses to discuss before we go Meg I'm going to Dublin at the weekend my first time oi, oi. in Ireland Kev where's what, what should I be doing where should I be drinking oh. hang on <laughs> I'm going to Sandown <laughs> Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm confident for ITV from Sandown. Love it. Uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't be the best man to mark your car that way. Now I don't darken too many doors around the Dublin way, but uh, you won't be you won't be lacking in advice there now once you get there and get stuck in. You'll uh, I, hang around the track for, for plenty long afterwards. Now it'd be a great they'd be great crack at in the marquee at the track. Don't for, tell me after make racing. It back by the time we have to record next week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you have a great you have a great time. It's great, it's great fun there. Uh, well, Daryl, make sure you are responsible on the weekend. And on that note, we need to remind everyone to please gamble responsibly too. So we want best behavior from everyone. Um, thank you both once again, and thank you for everyone listening. And like I say, do not miss out next week. We have loads more action to come.